This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. It's going to be 10 verses 38 through 42. But before we go there, just a couple things. Number one, if you attend the prayer class that takes place every Sunday evening, uh, this evening, the time has changed. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. So the prayer class tonight, 7 o'clock, and uh, they're going to be talking about prayer and and how through prayer we can overcome uh, a spirit of bitterness and judgment. And uh, you haven't had, you don't have to be in all the sessions to attend. Maybe that's something tonight you feel like you want to go to. That could be beneficial. You want to learn more about how prayer uh, can set people free from those things. Tonight at 7, you don't want to miss that. That's a, a great class. And then also, uh, Wednesday, uh, we begin... Uh, the season of Lent, and that's preparation leading up to our celebration of Easter. And uh, by the door as you leave, we have these devotionals. Uh, and they're specifically designed for daily meditation and prayer through Lent. And it's called A Wondrous Love by one of my, my favorite uh, devotional writers, Henry Nowen, and also um, C.S. Lewis. Okay, So if you're looking for something... Uh, to help you prepare for Easter as we move through uh, the Lenten season, this is available for you out by the door uh, as you exit today. Okay? So, Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Martha has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. May the Lord add blessing to the reading of His word. Amen. Well, this week we are in chapter 5 of our study of Wayne Cordero's book, The Divine Mentor, Growing Your Faith as You Sit at the Feet of the Savior. And uh, this week's lesson in chapter 5 is entitled, One Thing for Martha. And really, the the chapter talks about uh, the passage we read. And again, uh, it's so important that we understand that In this book, Pastor Cordero is calling us back to sit at the feet of our Savior. uh, To encounter God's Word, not only with our heads, but with our hearts. And to understand that in the Word of God, 
God has placed for us mentors. Men and women whose lives serve as an example to us. Uh, those who uh, we can identify with. And, and so as we think about the book, The Divine Mentor, and we think about sitting at the feet of Jesus, how appropriate it is today that we're looking at Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and we're talking about Martha and Mary. And really, if I were to uh, entitle the chapter in the book, uh, I would say something more like this. Living like Mary in a Martha world. Living like Mary in a Martha world. Can any of you identify with that? Uh, you think about that. Uh, I've placed in the bulletin, or the worship guide, uh, a little writing here. I don't want you to read this now while I'm, while I'm speaking. Uh, but I included this in the bulletin or the worship guide this week uh, for you to take home and for you to read. Uh, hopefully this will be something that will minister to you. And if it doesn't, perhaps you know somebody that it will minister to. Uh, and it's called Confessions of a Do-Nut. Discovering the Joy of Really Living. So what I'm going to do by way of introduction this morning is I'm going to read the, just the first paragraph. Um, just to whet your appetite. And uh, then we'll, we'll continue on. But it starts with a, a quote from a song uh, by a group called Alabama. It's called, I'm in a Hurry. And this song has particular meaning to me. Uh, men, if I could give you one word of advice, it's this. Don't stand behind your wife in the morning looking at your watch while she's getting herself ready, telling her to hurry. It's not a good idea. All right. And uh, I, I speak from experience, uh, as this will tell you as you read it. Uh, but I used to do that when Lori and I were first married. Just call it the folly of my youth, not knowing any better. I didn't take a husbandry 101. And uh, I can remember Sunday mornings when Lori would be preparing herself for the public. And uh, I would be dressed and ready. And I would literally stand behind her looking at my watch. And I would say, hurry, Lori, hurry. Hurry, Lori, hurry, right? It's like I want to give her the two-minute warning. I'd be pointing to my watch. Okay? And I remember one morning she just had enough. All right. And she turns and she looks at me and she says, Todd, hurry isn't of the devil. Hurry is the devil. <laughs> and then she broke out into chorus of a song. And the lyric right here on this little vignette that I wrote. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. She'd sing that to me in response, okay? Uh, so we've come a long way, baby, since then. And uh, I've learned quite a bit. But really, in our world, uh, I was Martha and Lori was Mary. And uh, not realizing that, 
uh, I wanted to attach a moral judgment to Lori's use of time, which was different from mine. And, and somehow it was less godly because I was punctual and on the dot. And I was moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, while Lori would just linger in the moment. And she uh, would just enjoy what she was doing, whether it would be getting ready in the morning or, or, or making a, a hamburger. It used to drive me crazy. We, we'd pull the, the meat off the grill, right? And I'd go in like a barbarian. I'd grab that meat. I'd slap it on the bun, put some condiments on it, and I'd race to the table. And I'm ready to eat. And I look, and there's Lori, and, 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 and she's just placement of the meat on the bun. And then she's, she's taking the lettuce and the tomato and the pickle. And, and I mean, it, 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 it's like an advertisement. And it's beautiful. And I just want to devour the thing. And uh, she comes and we sit down and we pray and we start to eat. And Lori is just enjoying it. And I'm inhaling it. All right? Because I'm busy. I've got things to do. I'm going to go on to the next thing. And so over the years, what I learned is that we're different in that way. And in reality, uh, I've come to a place in my life where I learned that I want to be more like Lori in this area and, and less like me. Because there was a big difference uh, between the two of us, my life was a series of goals moving from one thing to the next. It's been said, don't go on a hike with Todd. He turns a, a leisurely afternoon into a death march, okay? So we've got to get up to the top of that mountain. Um, and Lori, just really enjoying life, uh, taking in the experience. Uh, and, and that is something that, that I've worked very hard and continue to work hard in my life. And so, hence this writing called Confessions of a Duna. And I'll just I'll just read the first paragraph. It says, What do you call a man who used to turn a leisurely hike into a death march? Who once drove 600 miles across three states all the while begrudging his wife the necessity of a potty stop? A man so consumed with the goal of arriving at any given destination in life that the journey of getting there was just a blur who during the early years of his marriage would stand behind his wife as she primped in the mirror, harassing her by pointing at his wristwatch and barking orders, hurry, hurry, hurry. A tired and weary soul who couldn't remember hearing birds sing or taking time to linger over a sunset. You call him, first and foremost, fortunate to still be married. Next, you consider him blessed to have come to a place of recognition that, quote, being is exceedingly more satisfying than excessive doing. Finally, you call him pastor. That's right. I am a recovering do-nut. Okay? So maybe you can relate to me. And for those of you that can... Uh, I hope this morning's message is of encouragement uh, to you. As we look at the passage, we see Martha who is engrossed in the preparations and the planning to receive Jesus. And we see that contrasted with Mary. 
And of course, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. Uh, that's the subtitle of Wayne Cordero's book, isn't it? The Divine Mentor, sitting at the Savior's feet. And as Mary is sitting at the Savior's feet, and, and she is, is taking in and, and learning and hearing and, and connecting at a, at a relational level with the Lord, Martha is engaged in the activity and the doing of things for the Lord. So much so, that as she looks and she sees her sister, she calls upon Jesus and she says, Hey, look at all the work I'm doing. And, and you know what? It was important work. Somebody's got to do that, don't they? So there's nothing wrong with what Martha is doing. But then she calls his attention to her sister. And she says, look at my sister Mary. She's not doing anything. I'm the one doing all the work, Jesus. Tell her to help me. And Jesus' response is our, our passage. In our passage today, he says, you know, Martha, there are a few things that really matter, really just one. And Mary is doing that. In other words, listen. Come, take a moment, and rather, of, rather than doing things for me, spend time with me. Because the things that you learn, the things that come from, from that relationship, are things that truly have eternal value. Those are the things that, that aren't going to pass away. You see, activity is moving from one event or one action to the next. But, but the things that the Lord wanted to give Martha went beyond her activity for Him. And as I think about that, I think about this point. I'll put it up on the screen. Ready? There we go. Point number one. All right, next song. Serving, no, there we go. Serving Jesus and knowing Him are not the same thing. Do you know that? Do you realize that? That we can get so caught up in doing things for Jesus, like Martha, that we, we fail to pause and take time to, to really know Him. To know the One that we're serving. And although both are important, our service should flow out of that sense of relationship. Our, our service, our activity for the Lord, should flow out of our knowing Him. Not just knowing about Him, but as Wayne Cordero invites us to do, to, to sit at the feet of the Savior. To soak in, to gather in what He has for us. Through His Word, through prayer, through stillness, through listening. It's so very, very important. Again, Luke 10, 41-42. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Wayne Cordero says it this way. The unambiguous source for the Christian, that which fuels, ignites, guides, sustains, and empowers absolutely everything, is time with the Master. Quiet, unhurried moments in the presence of Christ. How important is that? Is it important enough that we prioritize our lives for that? That we take a break from from just incessant, constant activity in doing and, and, and some good things and maybe some things from the Lord or for the Lord. And yet, do we prioritize the time that we need to really sit with Him? Now, maybe you have a difficulty sitting still. Alright? I can identify with that. But, Setting aside time to go on a walk or on a hike or setting aside time to to do something in which you can engage Him and and you can block out everything else. Maybe it's driving in the car to and from work. Okay? Uh, Maybe it's the time you spend in the shower. But in some place, in some time, pausing, really, to listen and to engage uh, the Lord at that that relational level level. Uh, I remember in 2007, I was going through a, a series of treatments for uh, a collapsed disc and, and having a really hard time. And I was going through epidurals and taking medications and physical therapy. And, and the doctor knew and I knew that eventually I was going to need to have surgery. But we had to go through all the protocols that the insurance company required first, right? So we were doing that. And I remember it was in the midst of that, I was invited uh, to go to a pastor's revisioning retreat that was sponsored by the Covenant Church, made available to pastors. And uh, I thought about it. It's like the last thing that I wanted to do uh, was go to some retreat center, sit still, contemplate things of the Lord in my life. Like I was too busy to want to do that. And really, that kind of grates against my nature because I have a propensity towards being active in action, doing things. And I remember I was invited to go and it just kind of invitation kind of haunted me and haunted me and haunted me. And it's like I went kicking and screaming. I'd rather go get a tooth pulled. But I went. Okay? And uh, I didn't think I needed it. But the first night that I was there... Uh, they were talking about the retreat and what was going to happen and taking time. And if you needed to rest, rest. And if you wanted to have spiritual direction, meet with someone to just talk with you about your inner life. And I'm like, what? Really? Okay. And I'm thinking, oh man, I can't wait for this week to get over with. Uh, the next afternoon, after lunch... I went back to my room, and my room had a little recliner in it. And I, I sat down in the recliner. And the next thing I know, this is like 1.30 in the afternoon. The next thing I know, it's 4 a.m. I'm like, what happened? I was exhausted. And I didn't know it. And I needed that retreat, even though I didn't think that I did. 
But that was an event that changed the trajectory of my life. Since that time, I have really been making a conscious effort to discipline myself, to to take rest, to be still, to sit at Jesus' feet. And that was 2007. And uh, this little um, article I wrote, if you will, uh, really talks about that journey for me and and where I'm at today and, and where I'm still working on that. But I've learned that Serving Jesus and knowing Him are not the same thing. Here's the second thing. Spend your time wisely or your time will expend you. Spend your time wisely or your time will expend you. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17. So then, Paul writes, Be careful how you live. Do not be unwise, but wise. Making the best use of your time Because the times are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And I would contend we can't possibly understand what the Lord's will is unless we're sitting at the Lord's feet and we're learning and we're growing and we're listening to what He has to give to us. It's so important that we do that. I like this uh, quote from Rick Warren. He writes, Time is your most precious gift because you only have a set amount of it. Time is your most precious gift because we only have a set amount of it. And so really the challenge is, how am I going to use my time? Martha, Martha. Right? Right? Todd, Todd. Few things matter, but really only one. And that's spending time with me in the end. That's your most important investment of your time. And finally, God is more concerned about what is happening in you than He is what's happening through you. Let me reword that. What we do for the Lord is important. But what we do should flow out of who we are. It should flow out of our being. It should flow out of the the man or the woman that that God has created us to be. It should flow out out of a heart that knows and understands the will of God. That's acquainted with the Lord intimately. So that the things that we do reflect His very character and nature. Reflect His heart. That as we spend time with Him, we become conformed more and more and more to the image of our Savior. Okay? And so, the Lord is really concerned about issues of our heart. He's concerned about who we are becoming. He's concerned about our being. We're human beings, aren't we? Not human doings. And the Lord's priority is, what's going on in you? Because if that's right, if, if that's what, uh, if, if what's going on there is what the Lord wants to have happen, then what you do will reflect that. But, but so often we get caught up in a, in a cycle of doing and, and working and, and, and somehow we think that if we just do enough or work hard enough, then we'll become the right kind of person. Do you see that? But really it's the opposite. should be the opposite. Our doing should reflect our heart. And God's concern 
is our heart. And what we do it would come out and flow out of a heart that is yielded to the Lord and submitted to the Holy Spirit. Not the other way around. Okay? I like this verse. Psalm 86.11 Teach me Your way, Lord. Teach me Your way, Lord. That I may rely on Your faithfulness. Not my hard work. Not my penchant for constant doing. Give me an undivided heart. A heart totally inclined towards You, Lord. That I may fear or that I may revere or bring glory to Your name. Teach me Your way, Lord, that I may rely on Your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear Your name. Wayne Cordero says it this way. Daily time in God's Word is a divine global positioning system to teach you how to find your way back to where you've gotten off the path. Regularly sitting at the Lord's feet will keep you from unnecessary suffering. It will prevent you from bringing pain upon yourself. This morning as we prepare for communion and the worship team comes up to lead us in song, I want to invite you to pause, to allow your thoughts to center towards Jesus, to imagine yourself sitting at His feet. If you're a a do-nut or a recovering do-nut like me, that might be difficult, but I just want to invite you to do that. And this morning, sit at His feet as we prepare to, to encounter His real presence through communion.